Welcome back to Conversations with Coco and Friends. I'm your host, Coco, aka Katrina Smart. Every episode, I'll be having real conversations with the people who inspire me. We go deep and we go there. And I've got my girls with me. This podcast is co-hosted by two of my friends who I happen to also work with. Cleo is a kick-ass producer and a problem solver. And Pilar is an insane director and social media manager. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we enjoy having them. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Buckle up for a high-energy and heated conversation with the Vivian K, founder and CEO of Kinky Curly Yaki, a premium textured hair extension brand for Black women that she bootstrapped to over $6 million in revenue. She is also a business empowerment coach, Shopify expert and instructor, and an all-around dope-ass woman. We admire Vivian's ability to mentor so effortlessly, and you'll see that throughout our episode. She's about to tell us all about her entrepreneurial journey and how she did it even when all the odds were stacked against her. Let's dive in. <laughs> we know your history, but we would love you to share your story. I love that you're so open about discussing your successes, but you've also talked about your failures. You've talked about being a college dropout, going from that to being to owning a six-figure, seven-figure business, to having depression. Take us through just a little bit of that, because I think our, our listeners always want to know the truth, not just like see the success and think that it's that easy. What do you got? Well, you know, Vivian means lively one, right? And so I've always had this sort of, bigger than life sort of personality. But, you know, as an as an immigrant, as a black woman or a black girl, you know, my parents would always be like, Tony, you need to tone that down. Mm-hmm. We don't want to, you know, make the white people, you know. So, you know, there's that element of it. So I sort of went through the beginning of my life just sort of not being myself and then, you know, get out into the real world and start to see how other people are moving. And it's like, yo, like, I don't understand. She's got the exact same personality as me. The only difference is she looks different. She has an education, like, you know, all those things. And she's making it. So why can't I do the same, right? And so then that sort of began this journey of, you know, figuring out what my strengths and weaknesses were and figuring out, uh, you know, where I fit in and how I can be my most authentic self. And so then it turns out entrepreneurship was was it. Like it's like I've always been that I've always marched to the beat of my own drum. And I was like, oh wait, this is this is where you're mar- this is where all the people are marching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So let me go and join that rhythm section. So you join the rhythm section, but then there's still all these um expectations of, you know, like, are you sure you want to do that? Because you don't have you don't look like what the typical people who are doing this thing look like. 
are you sure you want to do that? And, you know, so there was all those doubts and and all that figuring out. And then, you know, even even when I reached that pinnacle, like that one million dollar mark of success, first of all, I didn't even realize I'd hit it because I was so busy minding my business and raising my baby that I wasn't paying attention to the numbers. I was just busy focused on that. And I was also going through one of the biggest depressive episodes of my life. So I didn't even get to, I guess you could say, I never even get to enjoy that success. It wasn't until now, basically, that I'm stepping out of the shadows and I've got the 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 frame of mind, I guess you could say, to be like, yeah, I did that and here's how I did it. But I fucked up a lot along the way. And listen, if you're going to go on this same journey, expect to get fucked up <laughs> along the way. Okay. Do you think that that's why you are reaching back and sharing? Because it wasn't a perfect way to get there. Like everybody just seems like you go to high school and then you go to university and then you start your thing and then boom, you make a million dollars and you know that it's so easy. And I loved listening to your, on your YouTube, you talk about confidence and one of the ways of gaining your own confidence is helping someone. And that was like, that really like lit off, um, a light bulb in my head because I totally gain confidence when I help someone else with something. And I think a lot of people think if they help somebody, it's taking something away from them or you're creating the competition. You're, you're actually creating your own competition. But I love that. I think it's so beautiful. And watch it if you haven't seen it. And we have a lot of people right now who are starting side hustles. And you originally started your side hustle, Vivian's Decor and Designs. Tell us about that journey and you mentioned that you were let go of your corporate role. Did that force you to almost ensure that your side hustle was successful? <laughs> you know what my boss said when he was when he was letting me go or firing me? He was yeah. like, oh, you got your you got your business. You should be OK. I was like, mm. oh, shit. <laughs> I know you knew that. <laughs> right. And so then, uh, you know, at first, the first couple of weeks, I, I, I took on, you know, whatever sort of job that I could, because, of course, I've never seen anyone in my life, in my network, in my circle actually do entrepreneurship full time and successfully. Right. So I was admittedly scared. And I was think I think I was like, what, maybe 30, 32 or something at the time. Yeah. And so then after a couple of weeks at that job, I was like, you know what? I might as well just put my full ass into it. I don't have any kids. I don't have a mortgage. Like, I don't have any real responsibility. So if anything, now is the time to do it. So then I just said, OK, fuck it. Let me do it. Let's go. Let's go. And I was like, what, what What? have I got to lose? Right. So I went for it and I that turned into a six figure business. And it was something that I literally started because uh, my sister had a problem that needed to be solved. And I and I saw the pain points while she was going through it. I was like, how come there's no one solving this problem in this manner? So I was like, well, let me just try it and see. And so then that's how Vivian's Decor started. It started out in Mississauga. And um, that was when, you know, everyone, I remember people used to mistake me for being Chinese because of my name. And and plus I was doing like everyone's weddings, right? Like, yeah. So if I started out because I'm Ghanaian. So I started out doing Ghanaian weddings and quickly found out they didn't want to pay me. So mm-hmm. then I started, <laughs> I started doing everyone else's weddings. And then, you know, so then that that absolutely took off. And of course... That sort of gave me that foundation of, okay, you actually kind of know, you actually know what you're doing. Not kind of, you know what you're doing. So, so yeah. Everyone needs that reminder. So I heard about you before the social media, like it was social media and it was through um, finding kinky curly yaki. Because one day I was like, I want curly hair extensions. 
I, and this is funny if anyone's ever seen my hair because I've, I've got more hair than a lion ever. But I just wanted like longer hair. I was like, I can get more. So that's actually the first I had ever heard of you. Um, so can you tell me about your journey to Kinky Curly Yaki? Because I feel like you solved a problem there too. Yeah, well, it was through doing Vivian's decor. So I wanted hair that looked quote unquote presentable. Um, but what was happening was I would go to the, you know, the beauty supply store and it wasn't there. Or if I did go looking for it online, it was buried underneath the Brazilian and Malaysian and all the silkier textures. But I wanted something that looked my, looked like my hair because I was tired of the whole African in the front and Indian in the back. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it means when your, your weave doesn't blend well with your nappy hair. Mm-hmm. Okay, and nappy hair is not a bad thing. But listen, girl, you got to get that stuff to blend. <laughs> so then I was uh, so I was trying to solve my own problem. Mm-hmm. So I did my own research. I was a part of hair communities, Facebook groups, communities, uh, forums, trying to solve my own problem. I also saw other people having that same issue. Cool. I was like, I know how these weave people can be. I ain't even trying to start a new business. <laughs> I was happy with my little wedding business, buying coach bags and going to Dominican Republic because that was <laughs> a whole era. That was a whole, <laughs> a whole damn era. <laughs> I thought I was doing it right. <laughs> And so, um, and actually, side note, my goal for the wedding business was to be able to buy a full price coach bag, but I still drove to Niagara Falls and bought the outlet ones. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so, um, so I, I got the hair, went through manufacturers, tweaked it, did all that for myself. And I wore it to a networking event and another black woman pulled me aside and was like, girl, who's your hairdresser? What's your regimen for your hair to get to look like that? It's like, girl, it's a weave. And she said, I would buy that. And I thought that's when the light bulb went off. And I was like, huh, well, I bought it. She would buy it. There's got to be at least a dozen other people who would buy it, too. So in the down season of my wedding business in December of 2012, I launched Kinky Curly Yaki. Look at you now. Hey, <laughs> solving problems. I'm a problem solver. I'm and one of those people who sees puzzles and I just pick out the pieces to make it less complicated and be like, OK, cool. We're going to start here. And then, you know, slowly, try, slowly put the, the pieces together. And how did you go from that to six figures in one year and still not being ripped? I love that. In, <laughs> in one of your YouTubes, you're like, yeah, I made six figures, but I'm still not rich. I'm not <laughs> rich because people think, oh, yes. because, you know, you have a seven figure, six figure, seven figure business that it's all, you know, it's in oh, your yours. pocket. <laughs> yes. No, that's what running a business is about. It all goes away. Um, so, you know, that first year, it was just word of mouth. Like, so because I was Vivian online, so in these Facebook groups on the hair forums, I actually didn't tell anybody it was my business. But I, I saw the issues, the pain points that people, I can't find hair that is good quality, but for C. So then what what did I market it as? This is good quality hair is 4C. And then I would do the exact opposite. And, you know, this is advice for anyone starting a business. Listen, there's nothing new under the sun. But what you need to be able to do is to do something either better, faster, cheaper, expensive, whatever the case may be. So what I saw was people were buying these textured hair extensions, but they didn't look like the pictures online. Mm -hmm. And that's because they weren't washed. So then what did I do? I washed the hair. So I would send people washed bundles of curly hair. Then they're like, yeah, this is exactly what I needed to look like. And so then that stood out immediately. Right. And so then, of course, that 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 blew up. Um, but again, no one knew it was me. So it wasn't until somebody decided I didn't I was too cheap to buy the privacy. The who is privacy. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that by accident. One. Don't. On your do- on my domain <laughs> name. And then someone found out who who owned the company. 
and they created a fake Facebook profile and then went into the hair groups and was like, you know who owns this company? It's Vivian K. And I guess they thought everyone was going to be vexed and be upset. <laughs> they but they were like, Even oh, better. all the more reason to support. <laughs> oh, I love that. When your yes. community comes for you. Yeah, you oh, what they thought. They, they thought. They thought. That's what happens when, you know, when you're doing your research and you're trying to start a company or whatever the case may be, be a va- be a value. Because people will remember that. But if you just go straight up like, buy this, buy that, buy that, nobody's going to want to deal with you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But if you come in and you're like, okay, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. How can I be of value? Even though you can educate people, you can, uh, you can make people laugh, you can just give them something that makes them feel good about you. So then when they know it's you, oh, that's you? Oh, well, now I'm telling all my friends and I'm telling all everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Bringing value to the table. That is... Everybody wants, not everybody, but a lot of people in business feel like they want to walk in the room like they're Kanye, but they didn't do the 20 years that Kanye did right? <laughs> before right? he was Kanye, right? right? All the producing. Yeah, for sure. He really thought wildly of himself from the beginning. He had that confidence. Sometimes you got to have you that. You got to. Exactly. No one's going to have it for you. you. If you don't believe in yourself. Exactly. Thank you. That is it. That is the biggest realization. But you have to put in the work and you have to be of value to people. And not just ask, like, why not me? Why isn't pick it me? me? Pick me. Yeah. Pick me. Or, or how about you pick yourself up and go do it? <laughs> Vivian, I love your mindset and your attitude. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with taking the leap to actually start. And they have a lot of hesitation. What do you say to them? Start. Thank you. Start, period. Period. Like, and then? That's it. And then, to, like, it's to put put one foot down then take your next foot put it ahead of the other one see sometimes it might come backwards but you know what you still have a foot that's ahead right so all you got to do is take that same foot that went backwards put it back in front it's that easy guys everyone thinks i want to do this i want to do that but it feels so far when really going big or going home like you don't need to do that Mm mm-hmm it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be like jump off this cliff or not. Like, no, like, like, bro, go and study the cliff. <laughs> there's lots of options here. <laughs> go and measure the cliff. Like, there's so many things that you can do. And that's the thing. People um, are trying to eat the whole elephant. Oh, my God. That's oh. Jimmy's favorite line. He's like, how do you eat an elephant? He's like, one bite at a time. You eat it once. So, you know, or even if you want to compare it to a, um, to a marathon. You don't just get up one day and say, I'm going to run a marathon. I no. can't even run more than 1K. Let me tell you. <laughs> Right, but you get out, you, what you do is you first you wake up. Yes, you get out of bed. You put your clothes on. Preach. You put your shoes yes. on. Yes, and then you take those one foot after another. Yeah, this is so yeah. important. So I think that it. this year is a really great marker for everybody to understand that because we could have all been producing on a really high level before this because mm-hmm. we were all very busy. But lying down and watching Netflix for the past year <laughs> <laughs> and also doing work, you can see through your body how quickly it atrophies. So mm-hmm. from from like a body perspective, that if you didn't use it, you lose it. And all of those things actually mean something and make sense. So when you go out to like, ride your bike 20k or you used to be able to run 10k in like a sub whatever now you go out to run one and you're like like what happened to me and in, and before for me i would get discouraged and be like well then i'm not doing it anymore but then when you say to yourself i'm just going to do a little bit every day 
how quickly that beautiful body of yours responds. Yep. And now put that on your mind. Mm-hmm. Like confidence is a muscle, my friend. It's a muscle. You got. You can't. Yeah. You got a Gene Simmons. No, wait. Is it Gene Simmons? Does anyone remember is Gene that, Simmons? Oh, not Gene Simmons. Richard Simmons. Richard, Richard Simmons. Simmons. I was like, that's oh, no. the, the bad guy. guy. Wrong, the wrong <laughs> <Simmons>. <laughs> not that one. Not Gene the bad Simmons guy. On your mind. <laughs> so I would say that you seem like someone who's like found your why in business what would you say to someone who is unsure about that or like how do you find your why Mm, that's a really good question so i would say how you find your why how you do so how do you find your why you find it by having a reason right you can't say oh well i want to make money money is not money cannot be the sole driver Mm -hmm. so you have to maybe drill it down so let's just say if you want to be able to retire your parents okay cool then you need like you need to have a list i want to say at least of at least five or six things because you're gonna have to rely and lean on one of those things when stuff is not going right right and so then if you're just relying on i just need i just want to be a millionaire (laughs) but if you want to be a millionaire because i want to retire my parents i want to buy a yacht I want to pay off my my student loans. I want to, I want to, I like there's a, if there's a list of things mm-hmm. that you can rely on all those things. So I would say to find your why. Uh, well, first of all, you need to make sure whatever you're starting is something you're passionate about because <laughs> boy, if you just start <laughs> boy, up, okay, well, I'm drop gonna, there. Yeah. Like if I'm just gonna, I'm going to start this water company because I saw old boy over there with a popular water company. <laughs> so I should do it too. Makes perfect sense. Makes not not. And you know what? It comes off as disingenuous. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come off as authentic. And so to find your why, I think you just really need to really dig down within yourself and figure out the reasons why you even want to do this thing in the first place. Mm -hmm. And if you can't find at least six good reasons, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like bang, bang. I came here with my guns of smoke. (laughs) Gun finger. I feel like we need to insert it. Yeah. We need the soundboard. We need the soundboard. You did a really powerful IGTV on competition mm-hmm. and dealing with competition. Can you tell our listeners, you guys have to go check it out, but can you just give them um, a couple reasons why competition is important? Competition is important because one, it tells you that whatever you're Whatever um, solution you have is actually valid, right? So, okay, so we all know water is important, right? So, okay, so you want to create a water company. So there's obviously dozens of people, you know, doing water already. Okay, cool. So you know that that's a viable business to run. And then, um, you know, the problem with competition is that people see it as a bad thing. Like, oh, I'm going to keep all my things close to my chest because I can't give other people information. First of all, nobody's going to do it like you. You are a unique person, right? I should hope so. Because if you're a carbon copy, then you need to go and look at yourself, right? Because you can create a water company. You can create a water company and you, I'm pointing everybody. So competition is good because one, you could do, you know, what they call a SWOT analysis. I don't want to get too too detailed, but you look at uh, your competition's strengths, your the weaknesses, the opportunities and the threats. And once you know your competition well, then what can you do differently? So again, going back to the what can you do better, faster, cheaper, quicker, whatever the case may be. So competition is good because one, you know that you can make money because they're making money, or at least you're assuming they are, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And then two, what can you do differently from them? So that way that it's not like a vex mine kind of competition. It's just mm-hmm. like a friendly competition. Like, okay, where they put out smart water. Well, my water is going to be like pretty water. 
right? Maybe that's better. Right. And then and you, so then you're going to attract a different grammar demographic of people who want pretty water. Mm-hmm. Right. There's some people who want smart water. They want pretty water or they want rich water. <laughs> Can you imagine like, I would. I'll have that. a rich water. I'll have a rich water bath. It's, it's like why why there's a McDonald's and a Burger King and a KFC. Right. And they're mm-hmm. all right. As soon as one comes up, the other one's coming right beside yep. it. And clearly they know what's going on. Right. As long as you market to the right you're, you're marketing to the right people, then you're fine. Like pretty water and smart water have no competition. Like it's not a competition because not everybody wants to be smart. Not everybody wants to be pretty. Someone wants to be rich. So they're <laughs> going to drink the rich water. What if you want all the above? Then you make a, all of the above pretty water. Smart, rich. You make an ABCDFG water. <laughs> then you just, then you, then you make an ABCFG. Well, I can't even <laughs> think the alphabet, but you get that water, right? But there's always, there's always room. Listen, if you think that competition is a bad thing, then you have what they call as a, a scarcity mindset. There is more than enough to go around. So if you are sitting here like, oh, well, I'm going to hold out of information. I'm not going to hire anybody because they're all going to teeth my information. Guess what? You're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to be successful. If you are, it's going to be fleeting. It's not sustainable because if you're thinking everyone's if you're thinking bad mind about everybody, you're going to get bad mind. Exactly. You attract, you attract, you attract what you put out there. You attract. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Vivian, moving into the New York Times piece. Girl, wash your timeline. She is crying of laughter already. We (laughs) dove into this Rachel Hollis shit show let's call it that tell us all about your experience you went to the event the first one of the first hokos in toronto uh, honestly yeah. literally i'm like hoko yeah Ho-ko, we're company. concerned are we going to like wilfred laurier for homecoming like what what's the the tea well first of all they invited me to be seasoning mm. Mm. yeah so we Gasp. already know what that Ugh. means the, because the type of demographic that she attracts are literally the women who live in Coburg. I don't know. That's why we were wondering why we hadn't really heard of her. Until yeah. Then. Right. Till that day. Right. right. And so no offense to people in Coburg. Uh, and so they needed because let me tell you, you know, Toronto is one of the most diverse cities in the world. Mm-hmm. And to walk into the Sony Center and see so many white blonde women was so disc. Like, I'm like, wait, where is it jarring? It was jarring. I, I live in Hamilton. Even Hamilton doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then it was just sort of it was just weird. <laughs> it looked like a cult. 
or something. Right. And so then, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm listening. You weren't allowed to use your phones and all that because you could only use your phones in the lobby because they had all these um, marketing like they did. She did it. They did a really good job marketing wise, event planning wise. You would be like, okay, <laughs> Here we are. all right. They spent a pretty they did. They decorated the elevator door oh. to the stair, like everything. All the things for that. Yeah. We they like this. We like. And then again, they were they were charging mortgage money to get in there. Oh, I didn't God. pay for my ticket, but um, oh, I hope not. And they didn't give and they didn't give any food. Mm-hmm. Well, Stop. No, no that's no too food. far. No food. Yeah, we but, we feel strongly about no snacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the whole thing was just very inauthentic, right? You see this, you know, this this skinny white woman jumping out to Beyonce, this gay white dude jiggling to DMX, and all these white women dancing to, uh, you know, I don't know, Migos. Like, it just looked really weird, right? And Because there is no diversity in the audience. The only people that were diverse were the people they invited as seasoning. Like, the other, so I saw one of my Muslim girls, like, they, they purposely were like... One from every group. They, they did it on purpose. Just to say. Just to say. And then they put us all in the same area. Oh, oh my! Right? They didn't even they didn't even season you throughout the seasoning as a seasoning. No, they literally went. <laughs> there you go. Plopped it on. There they are. There they are. Smile and don't our move. Diversity. Oh, sweet God! Get the photographer over there. <laughs> Basically, and it was a bunch of yes, queen, you go, girl, oh. and that and all that, and it's like you're talking to, <laughs> right? So then you know, I expressed my 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 displeasure after attending the event and then you know throughout the and so then this happened in let's say february 2020 and then in june of 2020 when black lives the black lives matters came to a head and knowing that she was one of those she along with many of these other white women uh coach slash influencers slash gurus or whatever they want to call themselves who were all appropriating black culture in order to sell tickets in order to sell courses in order to sell whatever were silent when it came time to actually say so so what you guys go and play at being black but you don't want to actually say anything when we need like you have the platforms right so instead of being like you know we support she was taught she made some posts about tomatoes and like it made no sense so that was fine so i was she was already on my shit list so <laughs> and then fast forward to um you know a couple of at the beginning of april when she created this video that told <laughs> she was telling everyone she didn't want to be relatable and compared herself to Harriet Tubman. Oh, I can't. To Peter <laughs> Binsberg because she woke up at 4 a.m. and has a woman who comes to clean her toilets twice a week. And she repeated that twice oh in the God. video. I'm like, she cleans my toilets. She cleans my toilets. And you're that's like, how de- like, like you're dehumanizing the woman who comes to help you run your empire. And then defended herself. And then defended herself. <laughs> and, then, and then threw her team her under team the bus. Under the bus. No, that was a, a whole series disaster. of unfortunate events. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And she's still like, but I'm right. Or is she white? (laughs) (laughs) You're not right. You're white. (laughs) Yeah. So it was, you know, so what I said was, you know, her and the like, like all that, that whole niche of business is like putting lipstick on the patriarchy and on capitalism, because that's all they're doing. They are no different than the white men. Right. They're no different than, you know, the white men who, um, you know, who who use their power to keep other people down. They're doing the exact same thing, except with lipstick on. Right. So if you're going to empower, if you're going to sit there and talk about girl, wash your face, girl, stop apologizing, then girl, you need to like girl, stop talking. First of all, you need to go (laughs) and learn. You need to do some listening and learning. And you know what? 
<laughs> and that's the thing they've been and we're listening we're learning okay so you're listening and learning. what have you learned you yeah. have learned Bella. nothing also what are you listening to yes <laughs> yeah yes i, like I think know. she needs a resource track and, and share your resources because we'd love to know <laughs> but everybody says that and they never follow up with the actual thing that they're doing right and that's where the accountability piece comes in and that's where atonement comes in i've talked about it a million times you can fuck up like in the world, we Coco said it best, like you, we need to call people in. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to have conversations. And if you make mistakes, we all have to have the room to do that. I don't want to be canceled if I say something fucked up. Like I, but I do want to be held accountable. But it's also your responsibility to show people what have you done to learn this thing. So you can't be like, I'm a doctor, and then you haven't learned anything. And people are like, Can you prove it? And you're like, Well, I am. Well, it's also we live in a world of of sharing resources, right? So all these people are sharing how to make your fucking first million and how to do this and how to clean your closets and how to whatever. But you can't share the resources that you listened and learned to that have now put you in a space where you feel like you understand the movement. You understand what your people have been doing wrong. No, you can't share that because that would put that'd be off putting because it's not palatable. Because it was performative. Because it's performative. Because you didn't mean it in the first place. Yeah. You're saying it to say it, to get the likes, to get people like, thank you for doing this. Doing what? Doing what? She needs to go wash her or something. I don't even know what she needs to wash. Just wash, wash her life. Wash, wash your life. Wash your timeline. Wash your mouth mm. with soap. Because not, not even that all. You're not allowed to have that. <laughs> but I do believe, like I'm not, I'm not trying to poly in the situation. But I do believe that this movement has empowered a lot of people positively and it's and even even myself it's it's empowered me in a way that it's given me more of a voice so before i'd be way scared to say some of the things it's giving me that space to say things and now i realize with my following when i say things they're now like i'm here to help and they actually will like they have 200 followers but and they're in um petawawa but let me tell you they're posting and I'm like, get it, Petawawa. Like, right? you're out there. Right? Yeah. And right? I'm like, you can make a change. Mm -hmm. Like, you can be responsible for getting people who have racist families to have these conversations, these really un uncomfortable conversations. You can be responsible for having more black people, for having more people of color work in your business. You can be that person. And I've seen it time and time again where people... They were scared, too. Now they don't have an excuse to be scared. Now they have to stand up and they're doing it. So I don't want to hear this like, like, I don't know what to do. I don't I don't know. Not only do I not know, know what to do. I'm Harriet Tubman. Pardon? Who? Like, are you seriously? You yeah. seriously are comparing yourself to a woman who freed slaves? Uh, wow. <laughs> Get the the self-awareness is just, you know, I, I get someone to clean my toilet because I'm Harriet, you know, <laughs> I'm like, pardon? Harriet and then I don't want to be relatable. Yeah, I don't want to be really girl. You built you, you built girl, your you used the word you <laughs> off of being relatable, right? What's the most relatable thing you can say to another woman? Hey, girl, it makes you it's odd because it, it automatically gives you that sense of intimacy. That's relatable. Goodness. Enough about her. <laughs> I mean, that ties into the, you know, the idea. Um, and we spoke about it earlier, the commodification of black culture. Um where it's obviously safe to say people have leveraged this and been successful in it forever while not giving credit where it's due. Um, obviously, it makes you uncomfortable. It makes us all uncomfortable. So can you explain what this means to someone who has no idea why the commodification of Black culture is problematic? You can also say no. Yeah. <laughs> not you can also anymore. say no. No, I can, I can, I can, girl, I could try. I, you know, 
Well, I would say it's because I liken it to like putting on an accent. Like, would you ever be like, hey, what's the matter? You you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you because you know, it's wrong. And so listen, and I, I love to say this. I am not the black vernacular police. I am not about to police people. You can't say queen. You can't. But there's a reason why you're using it, because it's very empowering. Right. So then you just need to be mindful of the language that you're using to empower who are you empowering everybody? Mm. Or are you just empowering people who look like you? Right. And so, you know, if you feel like you need to roll your neck and snap your hands and, you know, do all these unnecessary hand movements to say it, then then you don't say it. Right. And so and then plus, on top of the fact that we were told that this was unprofessional, Mm -hmm. it was this it's it's not professional. It's not it's uncouth. It's this. It's that. And now it's fashion. And now people are making money off of it. And listen, I have no problem with people making money off of it. But you know what? You need to include you need to include us into it. And it doesn't get to not be cool if we do it. We started it. Yeah, we, we, we are the reason why a lot of things exist. TikTok would not be as big as it is if it weren't for, for, for black people. Yes. Amen. All these white women making all this money doing all these black dances unseasoned. Crimes <laughs> farther. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, go eat some pepper or something. Some lemon pepper or something. At least something. Just season it up a little bit. There's no Lowry's? There's no Lowry's. They don't, they just using salt. Not even Himalayan salt. <laughs> Not even him. Uh, that TikTok with the lady who had the chicken in the rice cooker and it's just white. Remember that one? And she's like, mmm, delicious. Or the barbecue with like 35, 40 chickens and there's, they're and there's white. Not there's, not, there's not a thing. Not even a pepper. Like a cracked pepper. <laughs> not even a black pepper. Not nothing. even an onion. Just <laughs> oh my god that's a that's a beautifully put answer though like if you're not using that language to empower someone else what purpose is it serving all right it's the what would chad do for us oh. <laughs> <laughs> tell us the birthplace of chad on your timeline and how people can understand that guy like you you can understand when you watch the videos but tell us all about chad oh, because chad. we just love it it's like it's it's the karen it's it's, we oh, all know it's, the it's chad. universal <laughs> it, it transcends Sorry, race chad. and gender it's just <laughs> Well, what would Chad do? So (laughs) Chad is not a person. He's not a specific person. It is not meant to bash men. It is not meant to diminish anyone's accomplishments. It is simply a a mood, an energy, an attitude. Um, You know, because we all know that one guy whose whose confidence overrides your qualifications. So one guy. (laughs) (laughs) See, like there's there's it's just it's. It's the sense of entitlement that some men have. Um, So then what would Chad do really embodies that. And it helps you to immediately dismiss any self-limiting beliefs that pop into your head. Right. So, you know, it's like, you know, we know as women, you know, we may only have say we're going to apply for a job. We only apply for stuff that we're only 100 percent qualified for men. You know, there's this guy that got sixty nine point one million dollars on Twitters from from the New York (laughs) State Department of Health to deliver ventilators. The man knew nothing about ventilators, but he said, I can do it. He was uh, he wasn't qualified in the least, but But he got the money. But he did it. Right. So it's really about that audacity. It's Mm. really just channeling the audacity because many of us have the qualifications. We have the experience, but we lack the confidence. 
right? So really what would Chad do is to help you to get that audacity, to get that confidence, because girl, you got it. You just need to believe in yourself. So you need your experience and your confidence to meet up and be great. So for me, how I came up with it was just being in this e-commerce world, right? Because again, you said I was an immigrant. I'm a college dropout. I'm a single mom. I'm all of these things. I'm the exact opposite of what, if you look Googled, what a success looks like, I'm the exact opposite of that. And so in order for me to start sharing my story and really feeling confident, I'm like, well, what would Chad do, right? And then plus, I went to an event in Montreal, and it's where I learned that the term bootstrapping, because I had, I just like, oh, yeah, I just started a business and it made a million dollars. And it turns out that's not the case with everybody, no. <laughs> right? But I thought, you know, right, because all the Chads are doing it. So I thought, every, so, you know, so this guy got $100,000 for an idea that he had. And it was a solar ant farm or something. <laughs> and I was like, so wait, the man has, only has an idea? I have actual, pro- like I'm making a million dollars a you year. You customers. And customers. But the bank doesn't want to give me money. Right? So then I'm like, okay, you know what? I need to start having these this white guy's audacity. That's that's audacious for you to come up with an idea and be like, this is my idea. It's for, for an ant farm. farm. And you're going to give me money. And they're like, here you go. So why can't, why not me? Why can't I have that audacity? So now when you have anything coming up and you're like, I can't, what would you do? What would a, what would a <laughs> mediocre white dude do? Snatch Words yourself. to live by. And naturally. <laughs> but don't be a jerk. Don't be an asshole about it, though. I'm not. That's not what I'm advocating. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying go out and lie and deceit and all that. No, don't be a Karen. Don't do don't do any of that. But if you have the qualifications, if you only have four out of the five qualifications, even if you have three, you can figure out those other two. I say that all the time, like the, the hustle and the mindset wins every time over the resume every time because anybody can say whatever they want on the, that piece of paper is what you're going to be willing to do. And we all see that shine through when it comes down to it. Right, right. Facts. If you really don't know what you're doing, we're going to see it. So make <laughs> sure quick. you have the the stuff to back it up. <laughs> or problem solve it. Like, you're like, oh, and say it. You don't, I don't, maybe I don't know what to do here, but I will figure that out. Or I'll find someone to ask. I'll ask for help. That's what is, I feel like, one of those secret sauce things that's missing from a lot of people in the workplace right now is like the ability to ask for help and be like, hey, um, don't know. Please, can you help? Or can you point me in the direction of resources? Or whatever. They just start drowning and you're like, can I help you? They're like, no. Or as as Pilar put so beautifully last week, don't be afraid to Google it because <laughs> you can do that too. And that doesn't, I didn't even know you Googled it. That's amazing. You Googled <laughs> it and you found the answer. Didn't even have to ask me. It was all there. That's more impressive. <laughs> On the World Wide Web. <laughs> oh, we love resources in 2021. <laughs> we do. do we ever? <laughs> Vivian, I feel like you're the perfect example of someone who is direct while still being polite. Mm. As we were just saying, we don't want to be an asshole, but we want to get what we want. Mm-hmm. So... How do you advise people to have this attitude and to get their point across while not being weary about it? For me, I personally like to use humor. So, and, you know, and I smile and I, so then when I'm about to be like, Pilar, you're going to have to pay me $5,000 now. <laughs> you do with the smile on your face. Then you're, yeah, exactly. And then you're going to be like, okay, Vivian, because, <laughs> because. I came with good energy and I knit it up. Now, listen, not everybody has the energy, but, um, you know, you certainly don't have to be a jerk to get what you want. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, you also don't have to be, oh, my God, I'm gonna be-. listen, if you are going to be that way, cool. But when you're like, oh, my God, so give me five thousand dollars. 
you still need to ask. Ask however you need to ask however you want, but you still need to ask. Now, if you have a problem with asking for what you want, you can practice on small things, right? Like, you know, maybe go to the grocery store and ask for a discount. Is there any way that you could give me, is there a coupon or something available? Because you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar, right? Mm -hmm. So, and they'll be like, you know what, we don't, but you know, the next time, why don't I grab your email address and and then boom, now you just ask for something and they gave it to you. You may not have gotten exactly what you want, but at least you asked. And even then, the worst they can say is no. Okay, cool. So much of that ties back into the scarcity model. Yeah. And this idea that there's this, you need to protect, you need protectionism around the little that you have because you maybe won't get any more. And so people are so protective, they become defensive. And it's beautiful, all of your teachings. And I really hope everybody checks out, like you're putting people through a real life university of how to be an entrepreneur because. We run into this all the time, these really, really like amazing creatives, but they they get pissy like really quick Mm -hmm. because they've been taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. So they instantly think we're going to do the same. But it's like you have to go into new situations as if they are new situations. Yeah. I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Right. But I'm not about to let you do it to me. (laughs) No. Hell nah. Mm-mm. I mean, speaking of energy, everybody who's listening to this podcast for sure knows Vivi's energy is unmatched. <laughs> Literally unmatched. We all feel better. We're going to leave this being like, this is the best day ever. Um, so how do you deal with things and how do you stay positive even when shit is just not positive? It's not going your way. Oh, shit is always hitting the fan for me. Right. Like I always like to say shit is manure. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I like that. Right. Because... Uh, you know, you, people take manure and they plant it and they use it to grow things and the things flourish. Right. So I always like to try and find the silver lining in everything. So I always think this shit is manure. It's going to help me grow. It's going to make me a better person. It's going to help me to flourish. So I try not to let myself. And this is through experience, of course, you know, being through depression and coming out the other side, knowing that, OK, there's tomorrow's another day. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to choose to make this a better day, right? Because I know what it's like to not have it, like, you know, to stay in that zone. So you know what? This shit's manure. I'm going to use it and let it grow. And I'm going to put one foot next to the other. And I'm just going to, it's just, it's going to, I'm just going to go. And that's it. We kind of touched on confidence and how much I really appreciated your video on confidence. Imposter syndrome is something that people really, really struggle with. And now more than ever, because we don't see people. Everything is like kind of what you put on social media and people always put the best. So it feels like you're competing against the highest ranking of everything. How do you on your daily work through an imposter syndrome? Or how would you t- teach one of us to work through that? Honestly, I always say, you know, listen, Coco, there's only one Coco. Mm-hmm. We know there's Coco the singer. There's Coco the wrestler's wife or Ice T's wife. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's only well, Coco the wearer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so there's so many different kinds of cocos but there's only one you coco only one you with those experiences that's lived your life and done those things and so you can't compare yourself to coco the singer because she has a totally different set of life experiences and so you have to remind yourself that what you're seeing on instagram on social media is just it's a highlight right and so they're only showing their best but they're not showing how they got there they're not showing the work so Mind your business. Oh, that's also the most brilliant name <laughs> for 
business coaching or for mind your, your business, business or something. Mind, mind your business. Mind your business. That's what mom used to say. Mind your business. It, it, but it's so it's it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. We love a double entendre. <laughs> Literally, you just saying that like I'm like beaming, just yeah. hearing you. Because either you like, speak mind with your that. business or yeah. mind your business. Like it's just, <laughs> just mind your business, and because it's just literally like just like I was liking it to driving. You know, you know, I know I needed to get here today. There are cars around me, also getting going somewhere, but I they're in my peripheral. I'm paying attention to make sure that I can get to my destination. So you got to think of you know your goal or whatever it is as the destination. You just need to mind your business and stay in your lane. You can switch lanes. You can exit, but you still want to get to that destination. So you got to not be focused on the how, just focus on the why. Oh, Vivian with the banger today. For real, for real. <laughs> now we've been in these COVID times for what, over Ever. a year at this point. It just, it feels static. Um, and you're working from home. You have a young son. We know life is even more chaotic. How do you find any ounce of balance in your day to day. No such thing. Amen. There it is. We say that too. There's... How do you set boundaries at home? <laughs> <laughs> you should see her face right now. We need a meme for that. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? Is how you learn how to really set boundaries is when you have kids because they're the ones who will there they if they will push and push and push and push. There's that audacity. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and the funny thing is, that, you know, as young girls, like, you know, as young girls or as young children, adults tend to squash that, especially in girls. So when I see it in my son, I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> what do I do? Right. Because what I don't want him to do is to grow up into a black man and not be able to speak his mind. Right. And so then, you know, I, the boundaries I, I have in place, like I you have to check, pick and choose your battles over COVID has been very difficult. Like. You know, you know, I used to be the screen time person. Like, you can only watch your iPad on Mondays and, or Fridays in the weekend. Well, now it's like, I need to work. So here's an iPad. So you it, really, you have to, your boundaries have to be flexible. And that's with, that's in any area of your life, right? And so, um, but what you have to be mindful of is, you know, when you have those boundaries up, make sure they're up and they're up with good reason. And remind yourself that if, if, if you're feeling a ways about it, it's because you didn't have those boundaries in the first place. And if people are feeling a ways about the boundaries you put up, it's because they were taking mm-hmm. advantage of them. Right. And so putting up boundaries is really just a form of self-care. It's a form of self-preservation. It's a form of kindness. Because if you don't have those boundaries up, then you're going to be burnt out every five minutes. And then you're like, why am I so burnt out? Because you don't have any boundaries. But again, you know, you can't build a fence and then lock the gate. Right. There's a gate there for a reason. So maybe you need to unlock it every once in a while and be flexible and be versatile. But build that fence so that you don't take it. You don't get taken advantage of. And, you know, you can protect yourself because at the end of the day, it's really about you. All you got is you. I love that. God damn it. <laughs> this is a great chat. <laughs> Are there any daily practices or go-to resources that you use personally to keep you on track in any capacity of your life? Well, you know, round three of this lockdown. Um, <laughs> uh, sweet Panzerati. <laughs> you know, there were some things that I managed to keep up to help with my sanity. Mm, mm-hmm, one of those mm-hmm. things were like my nails. So, so it's like, you know what? It's the one thing I can do for myself. So let me just let me just do that. And then this round three, like, you know, I'm a you know, I used exercise to help fight 
depression. And so then I saw in round two, I didn't because I was doing the homeschool and it was virtual as winter. And I was like, you know what, let me just cancel. Let me just. But then it was it brought me to some really low points. So I said this round, I said, okay, teachers, listen, (laughs) I have a life. I need to be sane. So we're going to do a hybrid. So I keep my exercise up. And so getting out and lifting weights and, and all that, like I have to do it. So that's the one thing that I am doing or the two, the two things that I am doing um, in order to uh, help keep my mind right. I guess that kind of answers our question because we're always asking, what do people do in their life? Not the hashtag version of self-care, but what do you do to take care of yourself? Jim could be one. Is there anything else? Plants. I took up plants last round one. <laughs> I love the timeline. I know, right? The first lockdown. First lockdown. I took up plants because that one, um, they're very, um, especially when you're home every day, then you get to actually watch them, right? And it's like, and it's it's almost like watching yourself, right? So when you give a plant, like when you pay attention and, you know, you can go and get the plant you saw on Instagram, but is it right for your house? Is it right for your living conditions? Is it right for, so, and, you know, you got to think of yourself as a plant. You need water, you need sunshine, you need fertilizer, you know, you need shit. (laughs) 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 Right? The only way you're going to grow is when you go through shit, right? Or you grow through shit. Look at me. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) But, you know, so I took up plants. And so then, you know, I like to look at plants. And then I saw this this tweet that said to name a plant after yourself. And when you name a plant after yourself, you talk, you say nice things to the plant. So if you're not comfortable with looking in the mirror, you just look at a plant and say, you know what? I see you need some water. So I'm giving you some water. You have such pretty stems. And, you know, and I love the color and you make me so happy when really you're talking to yourself. And so I found plants helped make my house a home. It made me feel like a better human being. And it, it, it reminded me that. I needed to take care in order for anything to to happen. I need to take care of myself. This is why I keep killing plants. I was just about to say, I'm like, <laughs> my this explains self-talk. so much. <laughs> yeah. And I've never looked at plants like this until now. Yeah. I kill cactuses. So here we are. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we're going to buy a plant today. Yeah. No, so no. You, know what you, need to, you need to look at your conditions. Like, do you have the right sunlight? Do you have the right, you know, do you, can you take care of it every five days or every two days or every whatever? You need to look at all that. Same thing with yourself. Damn, today feels good. Feels so good. Thank you, Miss Vivian K, for giving us some of your sunshine and light and all of the insight. We are so thrilled to have had this conversation with you. Keep doing what you do because it means so much to us, to your community. We are part of your community. You've gotten us through a lot of stuff and we're really, really thrilled to have you. Well, thank you for having me. You are absolutely welcome. And everyone can follow Vivian K on the gram at Vivian K-K-A-Y-E for all of the insight and enlightenment. Subscribe, like, and leave those comments and reviews. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.